KSBC, and happy Mother's Day to all the mamas that are with us this morning. Even if you only got some hand-picked garden flowers and a really badly made cup of tea this morning, I trust that your family has made you feel special and appreciated on this Mother's Day. Perhaps if lockdown has you separated from loved ones, I hope that they have made a special effort to use technology or other creative means to make sure you know how much you are loved as a mom today, as being a parent is a tough job that deserves celebrating. Speaking of parenting, hey parents, here at SBC we believe in faith at home. We believe in partnering with you to pass on faith to your children because we know that the primary place of spiritual influence is your home. And so we want to equip you for this task by giving you four weekly resources if you are a primary school family. The first resource that you will receive is the weekly email, which gives you the Sunday material with links to a video clip for the teaching, worship links, craft ideas, so that you don't have to be the one getting dressed up silly to help your children engage with the Bible. The second resource is our Facebook group. It's called SBC Kids Ministry. And on there, we invite parents to share their wins and their losses, their struggles, their triumphs, so that we can encourage one another and motivate one another in this journey to passing on our faith to our children. The third resource is called Just a Moment. It comes out twice a week, on a Tuesday for preschoolers and on a Thursday for primary school students. This moment is actually directly to your children. And so it's kind of a drop and go thing. You can put them in front of a screen and one of their beloved leaders will lead them through a story or a craft that'll be an encouragement to them. And the fourth resource we will be giving you is on a Wednesday morning, our faith at home moment. This will come to you as a parent. It is a moment for us to lift your eyes again to the Lord, to remind you where your wisdom and your strength comes from for faith at home, and to remind you of the importance of passing on faith to your children. We trust that these four resources will help you to keep faith at home conversations in your house meaningful and fresh and life-giving for everyone. It is the greatest blessing to share our faith with our children, but sometimes it can feel like the greatest struggle. We wanna make sure that it is as easy as possible for you. And so we trust that you'll use these resources, that you will enjoy them, and that you'll see great fruit from them. The Masked Army needs our help. They are committed to providing masks to the most vulnerable in our city for free. If you'd like to join this initiative, you can do it in two ways. You can provide the raw materials to make a mask, or you can do the sewing for them. The drop-off point for both of these things is the Bonnie Dune Pharmacy in Lahoon. The contact person is Debbie Carter, and her number is on screen now. Please consider getting involved in this great initiative to make sure that everyone in East London has the mask that they need to stay safe during lockdown. Another SBC ministry that you can get involved in during this period is our Tuesday morning prayer meeting. It takes place every week at nine o'clock via Zoom. If you'd like to join this group, please get hold of Louis Harkaby and he will add you to it. All you need is a device of some kind, a Bible and a reasonably quiet place where you can focus. We trust it'll be a great blessing to you. That's it from me for today. One of the elder couples will press into the service. Have a great day, everyone, and I hope to see you soon. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's Day, day Mums! Good morning, SBC. Welcome to Sundays Online. Thank you for joining us. We are missing you all, but we hope you are well at this time. So Anne's going to read for us from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 to 17. And uh, as, we, as she reads through it, I want you to take a note of the action words there. It's not a passive thing. So we actively apply these things to our lives. It says, um, put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. And the armor of God is truth, righteousness, which is all in Christ. Good news of peace. 
salvation. Our salvation is secure. Uh, faith and the word of God. These we take these things and we apply them to our lives. We do not remain passive. And then it says, having done all that, stand. And I've had to do this myself in my own, uh, while this lockdown has been going on, I've really had to apply this thing to my life because anxiety comes, insecurity comes, but the word of God is secure and true. So we apply these truths to our lives. Anne's going to read it for us. Just listen to all the action words. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, and when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So that's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 to 17. Go and have a good look at it, go and read it, and let the Lord speak to you. Let's pray together. Father, we... Uh, we thank you that this faith is an act of faith. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that as we trust in you and as we just receive more and more of the revelation of your grace and your mercy and your great love and the security of our salvation, all these wonderful and awesome uh, promises and truths, as we embrace them in our lives, Lord, it, it drives all anxiety away, all fear. And so, Lord, we, uh, we come to you this morning we are so thankful that we can come to a God who is the God of the universe who rules over all things who sits on his throne and we uh, we just come Lord and sit actually sit in your lap this morning um, in the lap of our father and we just uh, stand and sit secure in you and so Lord we uh, pray you'd bless the word to us as we listen to it this morning and may it find a fruitful or bear much fruit in our lives. Mm. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're going to hand over to Matthew and he's going to preach the word to us. The Lord bless you. Hello everyone. Welcome again to our Sunday online service and to part three of our journey through the book of Joshua. A call to courage and uh, for those joining us for the first time today a warm welcome to you as well and uh, we're excited to unpack uh, the second part of chapter two today and uh, we're going to be looking at lessons of courageous faith from the life of Joshua and his people and an extra bonus today is from the life of a lady called Rahab and so I'm going to ask Caitlin uh, to read for us again today from Joshua chapter 2 verse 1 to 16. Over to you Caitlin. Hi everyone, let's read God's word together. Joshua 2, verse 1 to 16. And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. 
Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills, or the pursuers will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. Thanks so much, Caitlin. So remember last week I said that I wanted to look at two things in this chapter two of uh, Joshua that can teach us about courageous faith. The first was Joshua's step to send out spies into the nearby land surrounding Jericho and Jericho itself. And what we could learn about courageous faith from that action. And we learned about the principle of the next step, how when God gives his promises, he so often doesn't give the plan with them. In other words, he often says what he's going to do, but he doesn't show us how he's going to do it. He does it step by step with just enough light for the next step. And we learned all of the wisdom around God keeping us in this dependency gap and how it's the best place for us to be. And so if you want to catch up with that sermon, catch it online. It's last week's and I'm sure that it will help be helpful for you in your journey in a call to courage at this time. But the second one that I want to look at today, or the second aspect of this chapter, is this wonderful lady called Rahab. And I want to look at her faith as an example of courageous faith today, particularly as an example of the gospel. And then also in her courage as um, showing that courageous faith is a witnessing faith. And so let's dive right in. My first point today is that Rahab is a wonderful picture of the gospel. Now, we learn a lot about the gospel in the Old Testament, and um, here it's no different. Particularly, we see how saving faith that Rahab shows is a courageous faith. And um, this lady, Rahab, is a remarkable lady in Scripture. She uh, is the mother-in-law of Ruth, the book of Ruth. 
uh, Ruth married her son Boaz. And um, she's also um, the great, great grandmother of King David. Isn't that amazing? Um, she's also um, in the lineage of Jesus. Jesus is um, comes from her line, we you know, from Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. And she's also in the Heroes of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. It tells us um, Rahab, what she did here in Joshua chapter 2 was commended. And she stands among Abraham and Sarah and Moses and David. I mean, she's a remarkable lady. And if you had to read these other scriptures about her, um, describing her, you would think that she's a remarkable woman. She must have been a great intellect. Uh, she must have had some great prophetic gift, or maybe she had something remarkable about her um, talents. Um, but actually, what we see today, and it's my first point of what we learn under this heading of Rahab being a picture of the gospel, is that salvation is by sheer grace. Man, do you realize, or can you remember, in that first verse of Joshua chapter 2, uh, Rahab is a prostitute. She is a lady that sells her body at night or during the day to make ends meet. And uh, she is a picture of how scandalous God's grace and mercy is in offering our salvation. I mean, when you really start to think about her being the person that's saved out of Jericho and those that come along in her household being saved with her, I mean, she is the most unlikely candidate for it, right? Not only is she a prostitute, she's a foreigner. And from a Jewish perspective, this is a big deal because she is not part of the people of Abraham. In other words, she's not in the promise of Abraham. And in actual fact, she's a Canaanite. She's part of the enemies of God. And God lovingly and graciously gives her rescue. Furthermore, that she, she's actually a worshiper of pagan idols before this point. We're not quite sure whether or not she is a cult prostitute or whether she's just a lady of the night. But um, it may well have been that she was offering up her body as, as an act of worship to these pagan gods. And then lastly, I want to point out today, just analyzing this amazing Lady Rahab being a picture of God's mercy and grace, is that she knew nothing about the Bible. She virtually knew nothing about this God of Israel. And yet we see in her the heart of the gospel is that God lovingly provides a way of rescue for Rahab. And, uh, you know, when you really think about it, if you would have thought to even give any, any attention or notice to this lady Rahab, I mean, she's a prostitute. She's not the prime minister. She's not one of the king or, uh, or the king's household or wise man. And yet God in his love and mercy shows her remarkable grace. And so that's the first point we see in the life of Rahab and the gospel is salvation is by utter grace. She becomes a trophy of grace. And I want to say to you today, my fellow believer, if you've crossed that line of faith, you, my friend, are a trophy of grace. We have received salvation utterly by the mercy and grace of God. We haven't deserved a stitch of it, just like Rahab didn't. The second thing that we see about the gospel in the life of Rahab is that salvation is a work of God. And it comes through in Joshua chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. You know this Rahab? She's heard about this God of Israel, this God that saves by the blood of the Lamb, this God that's uh, done mighty deeds to deliver his people from, from Egypt, who's split the Red Sea so that his people could walk through on dry land, all these massive works of rescue. She's heard about this God, and she says something remarkable um, about this, this God of Israel in chapter 2, verse 11. She says, and as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. 
For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and the earth beneath. You know, if I were one of those spies, I would be amazed to see that before we even rocked up on the scene, here was God gripping the heart of Rahab. And uh, through this message of hearing about what this God had done and how he saves by the blood of the Lamb, God's already drawing her to himself. And uh, it's wonderful, you know, it's a reminder for us today again that we must never underestimate the reach of God in a person's life. Uh, his arm is not too short to save. And we have a propensity as human beings to categorize people, don't we? We have a, a way of writing people off and going, you know, well, um, we expect the worst generally of, of people, and particularly in their response to, to the gospel. But Rahab is a wonderful picture again of, of reminding us that before these spies even uh, met Rahab, God had been at work in her heart. And she's a wonderful picture of God drawing her to himself. And that's New Testament verse where it says, and none comes to the Father unless he draws him. Salvation, my friend, is a work of God. The third thing that we see and um, is profound about the gospel um, from the life of Rahab is that salvation requires faith in a message. Salvation requires faith in a message. And this comes again in Joshua chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. You know, Rahab tells us in the text that the whole city had heard this message of the God of Israel. Every single one of those people who stayed in Jericho had heard about this God who saves by the blood of the Lamb and had rescued his people through mighty acts of mercy to bring them outside the gates. And yet, although all of these people heard about this message of God, only Rahab was saved and those who came into her household who believed with her. Oh, that's amazing. What was the difference about Rahab, who'd heard the same message, but experienced rescue, versus all the other people in the city that had heard, but weren't saved? It was this. My friends, although salvation is by grace, it is through faith. And faith happens when you hear the word of God. Like Rahab did, you hear the message of this God who saves by the blood of the Lamb, this God of Israel, this covenantal God. And when she heard that message, she united with that message faith. She believed before God mentioned anything, God proved anything to her. In other words, she took God at his word. That is what faith is. And that's why she was saved, because she believed the message of this God that reached her before God proved it to her. And uh, it comes through in Joshua chapter 2, verse 9, where she says, I know that the Lord, that's L-O-R-D, Yahweh, this covenantal God of Israel, I know, not we know, she's saying, I believe, I know that he has given you this land. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth. That's an amazing statement because God hadn't given the land yet to Israel in terms of physically. He had just promised it, but she believed the promise. And because she believed the promise before God proved it to her by sight, she was saved. And this is the heart of Romans chapter 10, verse 17. She believed God before he proved his word. And, and this is what Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. He says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith doesn't come from seeing. That's not faith. Faith comes from hearing the word of God and believing it before he proves it to us. In front, in, before our very eyes. 
Now, this is an offensive part of the gospel, I'll be honest, a difficult part, a hurdle, because the natural response in our hearts is to say, I want a sign, I want evidence. Give me evidence, give me facts. I want to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father back through him. You know, I gave this some thought, and there has been a sign given to you today. If this is you, and you're looking for evidence, it's what Jesus calls the sign of Jonah. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 39, just like that whale had Jonah in his belly for three days, then spat him out onto dry land. The same was true for Jesus Christ. That grave had swallowed Jesus in death. But three days later, it couldn't hold Jesus and spat him out again. And Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And friends, if you're watching in today and you're on the fence of faith and you're not quite sure whether or not Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, and you're asking for a sign, Jesus says there's only one sign that's been given to you, and it's the historical fact of the resurrection. And I encourage you to take this seriously, the most serious thing of your life, and to go to our Easter Sunday service that we preached. And there's resources there that were mentioned, and for you to investigate yourself, the historicity of the resurrection. But again, you weren't there on the day that he got spat out of the grave. You have to ultimately believe the good news of Jesus Christ, this message that is being proclaimed to you today and to the world, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that no man comes to the Father back through him. You must unite faith in the message of God's salvation, just like Rahab. Now, I want to unpack this just a little bit more. You see, the difference between Rahab responding in faith to that of the city was this, is that the city... The rest of the city were kind of biding their time. They were saying, let's see if this word of God will prove true. Maybe nothing will happen. You see, unlike Rahab, they refused to take God at his word. And it leads me to my fourth point under this heading of Rahab being a picture of the gospel. And it is this, is that salvation is rescue from eternal judgment. That's really important. No one can quite understand this whole need for rescue if it's not an understanding that it's rescue from eternal judgments. And it comes through in Joshua chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, beautifully here. I mean, Rahab puts it like this. She says, now then, please swear to me. She's talking to the two spies. She says, please swear to me that by the Lord, that as I have dealt kindly with you, you will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save me alive. My father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. There's that word, save me and deliver me from death. That's the heart of the gospel. That's salvation. It's rescue. It's deliverance. It's a rescue from harm. And ultimately, it's a rescue from judgment of sin. And friends, this is a very, very important point this morning. Is that picture of the destruction of Jericho is a foretaste of judgment day. It's a warning. And the book of Joshua teaches us over and over again that God is going to annihilate sin. And he's going to wipe out all of his enemies. And it comes through in this in that you'll notice as you read the book of Joshua that the Israelites were called to wipe out every single Canaanite in the town that they were called to take. Not one was to be left living. In other words, it's a picture of God's complete destruction and removal of sin from his universe. Now, there's something else to chapter 2 which is quite sobering, is if you read it, you will notice that there's a real sense of urgency. 
far from the city kind of being lackadaisical and saying, oh, we've got time, we'll put it off, you know, we, we'll sort of be um, casual about this, is that if you read the chapter, the tempo of chapter two is really urgent. There, there's a sense of, 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 of an immediacy, of an impending danger. The gates are shut. The spies are, are, are hunted down. There's a sense of, of, of urgency in, in the atmosphere of Jericho. Because you see, the Israelites were just across the River Jordan. They were there. They were not far away. And the time was running out for those citizens of Jericho. And we need to learn something from this today, my friends. It's a warning from Scripture to us who live in the 21st century, is that we need to treat this, this point of salvation being a rescue from eternal judgment with urgency. You see, time is rapidly running out for you and me, just like it was for Jericho, to be ready to stand before God's judgment. And that can come in two ways, my friend. It can come either through you being summoned to death, through death, and to stand before God, or Christ's second coming. And you see, there wasn't time for the people of Jericho. And this, this issue of salvation is not to be um, lackadaisical in our response to it, is that there is limited time. That's what the scripture teaches us. Today is the day of salvation. And you see, what happens to the city of Jericho is a very real danger for every human being on planet Earth today. Is you see, I can imagine, just think for a moment, these Israelites marching on the city of Jericho and those citizens of Jericho laughing at them, saying, you're crazy. The way that you're choosing to follow this God and follow him by faith and believe in what he's told you to do, you're crazy. Ah, but I tell you what, when those Israelites began to shout out to the living God and those walls began to shake and fall and crumble, they believed, those Jericho, those citizens of Jericho, they believed. But you see, it was too late because the window of faith had closed. They didn't take God at his word. They took it when he proved his word by sight. And that's not faith, my friend. Salvation is by grace through faith. And you have a limited opportunity. And our prayer for you as a church, and you, even if you come and be a part of our community at SBC, and you've joined us for some time here, I want to say to you, our greatest prayer for you, our pleading before God, is that you would take God at his word, not wait till the day he proves it to you. And you say, oh, I believe now. And he says, it's too late because you wouldn't take me at my word. You walk by sight, not by faith. And friends today, might I say, we plead with you. Would you treat this matter urgently? You need to be right before God, the God of heaven, before this God who redeems by the blood of the Lamb. And remember, watch our Easter Sunday service, but I remember, I want to remind you what saving faith is. It's Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, faith, you will be saved. And so my final uh, point under this heading of rare being a picture of the gospel is this is salvation requires courageous faith. Now, I know that that was a weighty point we just discussed and can throw you, and some of you might be in this place this morning, of a bit of internal crisis because you recognize that if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what you will have to let go of and what you will have to stand down from, from perhaps a previous intellectual position, 
Maybe you've told everybody, man, this is just fairy tales, this Christian faith, and Jesus is just a, a figment of people's imaginations. Or you've said some really strong things. You've taken up a position that now, as God is beginning to work in your heart and grip you and draw you towards himself, you're put into a place of crisis because you realize, man, I'm going to have to step down from some of the things that I've said in the past. Or maybe it's a lifestyle that you just know. If you become a follower of Jesus, he's going to ask you to lay down. And this is a very, very difficult thing to do. But think of Rahab. It was such a difficult thing for her to do. Because in a moment, she had to choose where her allegiance was going to lie. She had to turn away from her culture's religion and God's. She had to turn away from her home. She had to abandon her home, her livelihood. She had to leave that lifestyle of prostitution. She had to leave her government. She had to turn away from those authorities that were telling her to go a different way. She had to leave her people. She had to leave her fortified city walls. She had to turn away from the place where she found security in this life to put her security in Jesus, in this promise, blood of the Lamb. And friends, she had to then step into something she didn't know. She had to step into a culture and faith she knew little about, but she knew was true in her heart. She had to embrace a new people, a new lifestyle entirely, a, a new God, a new way of living with a new leader called Joshua. It's massive. It's huge. It's, it's, it's such courage that she shows to step into saving faith. And her courage is remarkable. And, and let her courage speak to you today. My friend, if you're in this place on the fence of faith going, I just don't know if I can do it. Oh, man, do it. Show courage. Saving faith is not a little thing. It's a courageous step of faith. And might I say to you today, you will not regret it. If you will take God at his word, he'll prove it to you on the other side. But it's going to take courage, my friend. You need to do it. And that leads me to my second and final major point today, which is courageous faith is a witnessing faith. Oh, man, this really spoke to me, and I hope it speaks to you. Rahab has a striking perspective of her faith in Joshua chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. She says this, the second that she gets to appeal to these two spies, she says this, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord, Yahweh, capital L-O-R-D, that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. Man, the very second she grasps faith in the God of Israel, she realizes that this faith is not just for herself. And in her appeal for rescue, she starts bringing in all of those that are in her circle of influence into her space of faith and saying, can you say them to you? And that's something that really spoke to me. You know, if I was in her shoes facing the need for rescue and the terrifying prospect of my entire city being destroyed, I would have just been happy to go, sure, thank goodness I'm okay. Right? And that really spoke to me that she goes, no, no, this faith is not just for me, it's for others. And how many can I take with me in terms of rescue? And don't just think that's a, a quick step. That was a courageous step for Rahab because she had to actually go and tell a lot of people in her family what she had just done. 
that she had hidden these spies and that they had spoken to her and that this was the true God, the God of Israel. She risked being captured by those authorities. They could have reported her at any moment. She could have lost her life, but she did it because she realized that this was the only means of rescue and she wanted them to be a part of her salvation. Wow. And I'm sure some didn't believe her, but I liked it. And can I say to you today, can you imagine the joy of Rahab, of having her loved ones close to her on that day of rescue? Her mom, her dad, her brothers, her sisters, her nephews, her nieces, celebrating a place in God's people and getting a place to live in the promised land, enjoying eternity forever. It was so worth it. Wow. Because of that courage she had to share her faith. And friends, can I just say to you, I know that you know with me how much courage it takes to be willing to talk about Jesus, not so? As the way, the truth, and the life. Man, we need courage. And I don't want us to walk away from the series of Joshua only seeing courageous faith as a faith is that we need to face problems. No, we need courageous faith to face people, not so? To face people with this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, this good news of rescue. This good news of salvation by grace through faith in the blood of Jesus, the perfect Passover lamb. And I want to point out to you, Rahab experienced rescue through God's people. We are his primary way of rescue to the world. And friends, there are many people in our family, in our friends, in our colleagues that need to hear this message of rescue. And God is asking us to have courage in these days, to be the ones that are willing to share our faith, even at the cost of rejection. I want to spur us on today. We are God's chosen vessels. And I want to point out from the very fact of what we've heard about the gospel is, you know, some of us might be uh, struggling today to go, I know someone that God has put on my heart. Maybe it's someone that you need to approach again and they haven't believed you. Or maybe it's somebody you know that God is prompting you again and again to take a step of courageous faith and to share the gospel with your story of how Jesus rescued you. And you're going, I just don't know how this is going to go. Can I remind you from the life of Rahab that salvation is a work of God? that you may well be surprised, my friend, that maybe somebody that you've written off or thought, oh man, they're never going to believe me. God's already at work in and you might just be God's primed vessel to help that person take the next step of where God is already at work. Don't write anybody off. Don't look at anybody with the eyes of saying, you know what, this is impossible for this person to be saved. If God could save a prostitute, So nobody, a person that is seemingly so far from any hope of salvation, how much more can God save anyone in our day and age? Let him surprise you by showing you how much he works with you in this act of sharing faith. And so it will be worth every discomfort, my friend. One day we will get to share the joy of Jesus with those who've had the opportunity to come to faith through Jesus Christ, through our simple message of the gospel. Courageous faith is needed in this time, and man, it's richly rewarded. So let's pray. Father, we want to come to you today and just marvel at this life of Rahab, 
and how it trains us to be marinated and immersed in the gospel. Thank you that this gospel is good news because it is a salvation that is by sheer grace, undeserved, sheer mercy. We just want to stop again as believers, Lord, today and go, wow, we are so grateful for the grace of God that found me, found, found us, Lord. And we thankful God that this is an opening to anybody here who's listening and to the world today to come to the Father through Jesus Christ, his Son. Not because of works or because of effort or because of deservedness, but Lord, because of this grace that you humbly offer out to the world, this gift of salvation. And I pray today that if anybody's watching today, I pray that, Lord, you would help them, encourage them, give them faith, courageous faith to take the next step to say, Jesus, I am today putting my flag in the ground of faith and saying, I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess it with my mouth. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. If that's you this morning, would you just confess that to the Lord out loud in your heart? Come to Jesus for salvation. Oh Lord, and today I pray that you would put many people on our hearts as a faith community, as the church. Lord, as believers, that we might not see the salvation just for us, but that we might see courageous faith as a witnessing faith. And would you give us great boldness in these days? And might we see great wins for the gospel, that you are at work already. Where you lead us, Lord, you're already at work. Give us faith, Lord, to trust your command to go according to your word, to walk by faith and not by sight in this area of witnessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys.